Hello, and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for March 17th through April 15th, 2018. I'm Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Dorote. My pleasure as always. Well, it looks like we're finally approaching spring, and I'm so excited to hear um, your thoughts on how the heavens are shaping our reality right now. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's a really interesting time because we are, all of us with daylight savings time and with more light and little buds beginning to... um, start the process depending on where we live um, and the warmth that we start to feel in the air. It's it's really such a welcome. We've got this um, very interesting, potent new moon on the 17th. And so with this, this particular moon sign is always, it's a very wise moon. Things come together with the new moon in Pisces because Pisces is, if we look at the 12-fold journey of, a, of an astro wheel, Pisces is the end of the line. It's really the end of our life cycle. It's where uh, it's that particular area where we get the wisdom, the healing happens, the understanding becomes apparent. It's it's literally like we talk about at the balsamic moon before the new moon is when alchemy happens, kind of like grapes turning into wine or you know the balsamic vinegar. It's it's a deep, rich kind of potency to it. Um, so our spirit and our soul understands it, but our actual life experience might be completely oblivious other than saying, I'm having some interesting dreams or some, um, I'm coming into some awarenesses, but you know, like a dream where we wake up and we lose it, these insights we can lose really quickly too. So I, I want us to luxuriate in them a little bit more too, as, as medicine women, as, as women who really honor our life experiences on all different levels to say, you know, the symbolic, the psychic, the deeper unconscious experiences, we want to find a way to hold on to those a little bit more, whether we draw them or we write them or we, um, we paint them, we put them into our altars, we create those, like those beautiful mandalas that you put on your Instagram for us. You know, we somehow um, archive the symbolic, even without having to interpret them, and maybe later we look at them like petroglyphs, and we go, "Oh, now I get it." You know, so we're we're really marking this time. I think it's very important. So, um, uh, at, at around eight o'clock Central Time on Saturday morning, the seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day, we have this new moon in Pisces, and so a lot is coming together at that deeper level of what we've been striving to heal, to clear, to release. Um, but at the at the more obvious level, three days later, we have the spring equinox. So that carries us forward into the sun moving into Aries and off we go. So this, this might feel a little subtle or more mundane uh, in a way like we're like, you know, the end of winter when we're going, oh, we're dragging along. We just can't wait for spring to begin. Uh, but really, we're clearing or healing or letting go of a lot that we may be aware of or we might not be aware of. Something is either releasing or we're being we're creating some closure with something, we're clearing a debt. And so I want to set the table a little bit about what's going on in this lunation because there actually are a lot of shifts that are 
in play and more preparing us for what's going to happen in in March and April that in later March and April that are going to be um, really big for us collectively and then how it plays out obviously individually as well. So as I talked about Pisces is the last sign it's the natural place of what lies beneath ourselves. It's the soul. It's the karmic or dharmic kind of realm that can hold our treasures and hold our shadow. It's mystical. It's inaccessible. We have to do the diving to source and mine that particular mineral. You know, it's like those richness of the jewels that are deep inside the caves, the crystal caves or the, or, you know, the, the oil, whatever it might be. It's not something that naturally just kind of we felt we find it's something that we have to ourselves, you know, go on discovery with, or that's where, you know, our healing journey can start, right? We all have something that breaks us open. And then as we try to, to break up, you know, to find the pieces to it and, and our healing all along the way, we find our spirit and our life purpose and we find out who we really are. So it's the hero or heroine's journey, but we might forget about the healing that comes along the way. And so Pisces always reminds us. Um, the other thing about Pisces is it, um, it Pisces is it's it's the fish that go in the opposite direction, so it's that sense of Pisces doesn't change. It's the subjective experience of it. It reminds me very much of if you live by a lake or you live by an ocean, large body of water. And we know, you know, in Chicago, we've got this incredible Lake Michigan, but you go out to the lakefront and some days it's like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And other days it can feel like the most depressing thing you've ever seen. It's the same lake. It's just the sun is out or it's very gray or it's very windy or there's tons of boats out or you know, it's that sense of what is on the top of the ocean. This is where we talk about mindfulness, top of the lake, only gives us a smidge of what's really going on. Because immediately as we drop into the lake, if we were something that descended into the lake, the heart of the lake has a constancy that we never see, that it, you only have to go to the deep of the lake to find what lives within the lake and what is ancient about the sea, you know, the floor of the of the lake or the oceans, mama kocha, the watery you know, womb of the mother. So this is, especially for the feminine, this is what's so deep within us. And Pisces is saying, okay, we're going to do this a little bit longer before we go into spring, which is, you know, what belief systems to support the world, your worldview and where you're going doesn't mean live in illusion and denial, which Pisces can, because it really doesn't like confrontation. So, but it's also saying create a belief system that you're always aspiring to so that even things that are difficult, we have this sense of understanding of, of what our world vision is and where we want to go to. There's a yearly wheel with Pisces before the spring hits that mulches a lot of the dead winter to make a way for the rebirth of spring. And so I just want everyone to really see the wisdom, the spiritual practice that is in play and invitation to Pisces, you know, to this this new moon in Pisces. But three days later, you know, the new moon hits with the new moon, then the sun changes signs in a radically different energy of Aries. So this new moon uh, is amplified by the, it has an amplifying element that is very significant that I just want to touch into, which is that Chiron is conjoint or right next to this new moon. Chiron is this tiny planet that was, um, I think it was discovered in the 70s, and it has to do with healing. And so Chiron was considered to be the teacher's teacher, the master of the mystery teachings, that which could find a remedy for anything. But Chiron could not discover a remedy for himself. 
So it's tagged a lot as the wounded healer. And this is a point in our astrology wheel that I that I feel in, in, is just absolutely fascinating because it truly robs us of our life force. It's kind of like a little crevasse that we can lose everything into and feel like it, we can never find it, even though it's tiny. Uh, it's like a fissure fracture that, that um, creates a lot of internal life force struggle for us. But it's felt to be connected to a multi-lifetime wound that we are really healing that evolves our spirit. So it's been in Pisces for eight years. So if you think back about you know, 2010, and you go, okay, if I want to really illuminate healing and like put the black light down and go, okay, what has really changed? And it might not be stuff that we feel is um, chronological, right? I mean, of course, things change for the last 10 years, but it's more what has healed that we didn't notice, you know, because a lot of times when we think about healing, we look for outcome, we look for, oh, a rash, it's gone, you know, that's obvious healing. But when we're really, really saying something has released and we worked hard, and um, sometimes we don't need, know if healings happen until we actually realize it's no longer in our lives. So what do we do to collaborate with healing and what do we do to keep a wound alive? And I am so guilty as charged. And I love keeping a wound alive because I love the story in terms of saying, oh, I connected the dots and now I understand it all. And it's going, yeah, but unfortunately, you're keeping this alive in your consciousness. You're keeping it alive in your belief systems and even in our bodies. So this is an opportunity, this lunation to say, let it go. Let it erase. Let it move forward. Birth it out. Um, and there's nothing greater. We all talk about spring detoxes and spring, let's do a spring release, you know, let's clean out our closets and all of that. And it's like, awesome, but let's clean out our psyche. Let's clean out our, our, our vibrational representation in our bodies and in our consciousness. I look at this new moon and I see it as a mastery moon, the mastery of understanding something at a much deeper level. And what I love about the notion of mastery is it's not competitive, it's collaborative. And it's something that we grow deeper in our ability that then grow deeper in our opportunity. So it reminds me of um, Miguel Ruiz's beautiful book, The Mastery of Love, where he says, do you want to be a mastery of jealousy? Do you want to be a mastery of growth? Do you want to be a mastery of love? Well, then you have to collaborate with what you know, what the teachings are and what you decide to stay connected to. If you want to be a mastery of jealousy, keep marking the places that you've been betrayed and all the places people have let you down. If you want to be a mastery of pain and suffering, go for it. If you want to be a mastery of love, you have to be willing to look to what where love is and what you learn about life that lets you be more deeply in regard of, of all the you know, the vibration of love. So I think this mastery, all of us need to decide what the magic is and what the elixir that it brings. And so this moon for the last, think about the last eight years, you know, has really been about um, spiritual healing. And, you know, how look at how many people are listening up to podcasts about astrology and they're getting their cards read and they're, how many car, uh, tarot card decks there are now and all these things. It's like, because everybody's tuning into spiritual healing and, and psychic development, um, not, not from other people telling us. We are awakening our own healership and our own uh, mediumship and our own intuitive nature. And as women, we're really opening up to this deep internal compass of, of knowing that our grandmothers knew, you know, reading the tea leaves, reading the coffee um, grounds, um, that they knew how to do ceremony, how to make magic. And we're bringing it forth in whatever labels, whatever words we all like, whatever speaks to us. 
but we're also doing it in a way that says we want to um, we want to be collaborative and we we want to heal. Um, new moon on the seventeenth, twentieth Aries goes you know Aries, sun goes into Aries spring equinox equal day equal nine a night cardinal fire um, and and uh, then two days later on the twenty second Mercury goes retrograde. And it totally goes retrograde in Aries. So it's, remember, Mercury is an oracle. And think about the re. So now we've got, we've got uh, Jupiter in retrograde in um, Scorpio. So it's digging up all that shadowy, you know, the Me Too movement and everything that we need to reconcile. So think about re-reconcile. We don't want to take forward in a new, huge new cycles that are coming forward with the old ways. We want to do it fresh. And not only new, but honoring, respectful. Um, so reconciliation is huge right now. And as warriors of change, we need to be those, just like those, the youth that are marching, that are marching in March, right? Isn't that amazing? They're marching in March. And they're marching as these fire warriors in the sign of Aries. It's so profound. Um, so Chiron and Aries is going to launch on the scene and be combustible. It's, it's going to say healing now has to happen through action. Healing has to be through walking our talk. Healing has to be through intolerance. Healing has to be through us showing up and being, you know, fire starters with a cause, with a vision, with our ancestors involved, which are our children. They're our ancestors. That's their world. The future is speaking now. So I think it's just, just amazing from an astrological perspective how it's reflecting what's happening in our world. So Mercury retrograde, I know it's really inconvenient. So you know, I just want to say to everybody, myself included, because it's terrible for me in that way, back up your computers, put your keys in a certain place. Um, uh, just take a few more minutes every day to be organized. But what it will do in this, um, remember, it's re-reconciliation, it's re-lease, it's recover, restore, um, and just that all the re's that then start this process of reorder. So it's, it's almost like think about with um, a new moon in Aries, which we're not there yet, but we're walking towards, is Diana. It's Wonder Woman. It's this incredible goddess that is a goddess um, with the fire arrows who's on a new pioneer who wants to take us to a new world. But what she's saying to us is she's saying, I'm going to send this Mercury retrograde like a little scout of mine. It's my little oracle. And she's going to just be with you and be your squire. She's going to be your oracle. She's going to help you get ready for this new world we're going to be moving into, this new adventure we're going to have. So she's going to say it's time to clean up. It's time to let go. There's only some things you can take with you on your journey. There's some ways that you need to allow and really honor the healing. So she's going to be in there in this retrograde. So I just want you to think about this. It's a very interesting retrograde. And remember that Mercury is the oracle. It's the communicator. It delivers the message. It don't, don't, you know, kill the messenger. And it's an Aries. So it's a lot about how we act, how we move through the world. It's how we burn up our adrenals and our nervous system. It's how our fire in us isn't channeled, you know, in that way and isn't used. So see it as a way to revitalize, which we're going to talk a minute in practices of some things that we can do. Um, so just kind of be aware of that. Um, as we then move in a little bit more forward, so again, the 22nd moves into the Mercury retrograde. And then on the 31st, there's two full moons again, 
there were two full moons in January, none in little February, and then March. So you know that saying, March, what is it, comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb? Is that right? Yeah, I think that's it. It's it's opposite for this one. It it comes in like a lamb and goes out like a lion because of all these energies and cycles changing. Uh, So on the 31st, we have another blue moon, in, um, and it's in uh, the cardinal air sign of Libra ruled by Venus. And so uh, Libra is all about the we. It's all about balance, beauty, justice. Remember, we're having all this stuff, all of these issues about justice that we're uh, bringing forth in the spring very much featured in that, but also the beauty of spring and the beauty of collaboration of relationship of we, um, it's the dance of Eros, right. You know, that happens in the spring where everybody gets fertile and, you know, so women just be aware fertility cycles are very high in the spring. Um, we want to, um, we, especially in full moons, that's, I will leave it there for you. If anyone wants to get pregnant, it is a fantastic time to really watch your, your ovulating and moon cycles and line up. If you'd like to um, preserve and protect your fertility, I would say also be super careful about this because it is a very fertile, fertile, full moon. While you were talking, what came up for me is I've remembered in a couple past springtimes that I was surprised to feel a lot of anger. And I remember that... Um, an acupuncturist of mine said, well, actually spring is really tied to anger because we're talking about release and this big push of energy. And so I was curious your thoughts on that, or if there are any kind of ways to work with that. Cause I've always been surprised, like, wow, I feel so angry in the spring. Um, thank you for bringing that up. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. And that's what kind of what I was talking about, about the restlessness because we're feeling like we want to let go and we want to blossom or we want to bloom, we want to move forth. And Chinese medicine does speak more specifically um, to the changing of the elements. And a lot of times people that have digestive disorders, um, like even IBS, or they might have ulcers, things like that, um, they they really feel big flare-ups. People who have all kinds of chronic uh, conditions. They have big flare-ups in spring and in fall, but particularly in spring, because it is a highly disruptive. Remember, we've been kind of sleeping with that water kidney element, and then we start to move. And so when all the energies move and we start to awaken to that fiery kind of, you know, cracking of the ice, ice is, think about ice cracking. When it actually cracks, it, you know, it disrupts. Things break apart. And so that happens inside of us. And um, yeah, and so again, we can feel psychically that spring coming and we feel the Aries energy coming upon us. And yet it's all internal, just like Mother Earth feels when, you know, all everything's moving inside of her and is getting to start to move forward. It's primal. It's very, very primal. And so, yes, there is a lot. There can be very much um, an anger, a restlessness, an irritation that goes along with it. So in terms of practices that might help people navigate this potent moving time, um, what do you recommend? I would say two tracks of practices can be, remember that the fish are sort of going in opposite directions. Um, Chiron is very much a grief cycle because we are consciously letting go. Remember, it's water. And so let those waters come out from in and let them move forward. So a grief time where we come together or individually, like, you know, these, these kids, it's, it's just over one month that these 17 individuals um, lost their lives. And so while we're marching, remember that they're grieving and we're grieving with them. And so we want to think also around not only what wonderful things may have left us that we were ready to let go of around healing, but we create. The thing about 
you know, ceremony is beginning, middle, end. If we do grief rituals where we show up and we honor uh, what we've lost or what has happened to or with us, to our ancestors, to ourselves, to our lives, to our bodies, um, to our experiences, and we do it with love and we create little, you know, little kinds of altars outside or we go, it's actually a really interesting time to go to graveyards and walk them and sit there among among the dead, among that which has, you know, we honor has gone before us. It's very powerful or around natural sites because then we honor them, we put a stone there, we breathe it, we take it to the waters. And as we walk away, it's the most powerful moment because we're letting it go and we're stepping away and we're leaving it. We're leaving that part of us behind us. So I can't articulate how strong I think in the early spring grief cycle, grief rituals can really be, you know, individually or together because something is dying so something can live. It's another level of mulching because we always see the fall when we see the spring. And that's the thing. When we go to plant now, we go, oh, we're ready to plant. But then we have to dig everything up and we have to let go of the dead leaves and clean up the bikes. And so just see it as a time where we're actually still cleaning up, you know. So I think that those are really important inner rituals. Um, and then I think um, definitely planting seeds. Spring means what do we want to plant the seeds up? And even though the ultimate, ultimate new, you know, moon that allows for the planting of the spring is next month, it's definitely in the spring equinox. So on the spring equinox on the 22nd, I would say think about what, what do you want to harvest in the fall? Do you want to harvest a lot of suffering? you want to harvest a lot of resentment? Or you want to harvest beauty? Do you want to harvest like, oh, my God, I have so much that I've developed that I want to share with everybody. It's more than just for me. So uh, I would think very thoughtfully about that. A seed you want to plant for yourself, a seed you want to plant for the world, a seed you want to plant for your family, for your community. It's always, everything is more, is richer and deeper. Um, as Dr. Tarina Trent, who wrote The Awakened Woman, when you connect your dreams to the collective, they always grow bigger. So we can't say that enough as women. You know, we walk together. It's definitely that. Um, and I think the other thing that's really important is, in, especially in, in spring and very, very much so with, new, with um, uh, Mercury retrogrades that happen right now, is uh, the, uh, you know, the restoring time and when we want to do those um, times where we're releasing and times where we're doing cleanses. And so whether we do an energetic cleanse, like cleansing out our psyche, like I talked about, but also doing cleanses, um, doing liver cleanses are really important because liver holds a lot of anger and kidney, you know, clearing out our lower organs, um, clearing out certainly our closets and decluttering all those things. But, um, but something else that I would really recommend, I'm going to actually say that I think that because spring is about flowers, um, flower essences, the essence of flowers are, I love working with flower essences and especially in spring. So the ones that I want to recommend, these are FES flower essences. You can get them online or at your local apothecary and several that I like. One is called self heal. That's the most important thing. I can't stress enough. We are self healers. So the flower essence self heal chestnut bud is when we're repeating patterns that we don't want to repeat anymore. So we want to do that. Um, Pink monkey flower is when we something has been hidden in our heart from a tr early childhood trauma, and it makes a part of us invisible, and it allows us to come out of hiding that part of ourselves so we can be visible again and let our heart open. Um, sagebrush, let it go. Remember how sagebrush accumulates? We want to let go what has been inside of us that no longer serves, and let it go like the sagebrush. 
And then um, saguaro is an interesting one because it's the cactus and it grows our wisdom. So saguaro is one where it says a time for you to not be in your adolescence, but a time for you to grow in your own authority of what you know. So that would be very much that Piscean sort of own your wisdom as opposed to owning your anarchy, you know, in a way, Um, instead of your resistance and acting out like own what you really know and walk with her. But I would also say that we've got, and you've um, had the pleasure of uh, interviewing our beautiful Katie Huss uh, and uh, her product line uh, with Lotus Wee. And so she's got just absolutely magnificent flower essences. So we want to give a shout out to her and her line and see what speaks to you. And um, I would say definitely flower essences are are a fantastic way to work with this moon cycle. I feel like I could use all of those flower essences at the same, same time, but I probably probably need to pick one. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm laughing because I they're they're on my great hit parade, you know, of what I give I offer my clients and myself. But um, but you can put together a little potion. So let's all be, you know, we can create potions. You can use up to five essences and create your own. Um, just what you can do is so you you put a certain amount in equal dosing into a bottle and then you add distilled water into it. And then you just take three drops each three times a day, but several people might give you different dosing on that. That's been my experience over the years. I've worked with essences and teachers of essences and then, you know, just, just uh, work with them myself. Some people pendulum to find their essence or they feel what's right. Um, you can look them up, but I think you got to get out of your head with them because it will, something will speak right. But sometimes if you really want a potency, use one. Mm-hmm. Or if you feel like you're working with a few to work work a theme, then you can work a few at the same time. So, you know, listen to yourself or you might find a practitioner in your area to join with. Um, but they, the beautiful thing is they won't, they won't hurt you. They're powerful, but they're also gentle, just like flowers. Mm. Thank you, Susan. And like you mentioned, I do have a line of teas that I'm going to be releasing in limited edition this spring. And one tea in particular that I think would be great for this release cycle is a tea that I named release and it has dandelion root in it, which is really great for liver cleansing. So, um, I'll be sure to put a link and share more information about once those teas are released, released, (laughs) um, to the public. And, um, yeah, I would love for some of our listeners to try it and let me know, um, what they think. I just want to remind everyone uh, that Susan is active on Facebook and Instagram where you can follow her and get some more of her insights throughout the month. Um, And on Instagram, she's at Susan Lipschitz. And on Facebook, she's Everyday Medicine Woman. And I'll be sure to link to both of those profiles in our show page. I I think I mentioned it before, but I do this. um, What I really love to use are these two beautiful deep um, teaching tools for uh, myself and for others, which is the astrology and also the Akashic realm and records. So I combine them together as two potent um, tools that we can use for our own evolution and to help uh, uh, optimize our growth. And so if we're talking about spring in this growth cycle, it's very, it's, you know, really a wonderful time. So for the first five people that would email me at Susan at Everyday Medicine Woman, or you could you know, message me at Facebook or Instagram. Um, I'd like to offer 
um, an opportunity to receive one of these beautiful readings that we can collaborate with together. And the normal, the regular price is 150 and I would be offering that for a hundred dollars. So, um, I look forward to hearing from you and just let me know that you heard about this through the Moonwise podcast. And I would love to set up a schedule of time with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for that generous offer, Susan. And, you know, I've, I've had these readings before and I find them incredibly um, powerful and really good guidance to understand the bigger picture and kind of like what my soul is asking for uh, in terms of healing or in terms of projects that I'm working on it really runs the whole gamut of, of questions you may have, um, that you'd like to ask your guides or to ask, you know, the collective wisdom of the universe really, which is like, whoa. Um, so thank you, Susan. That's, that's a really great offer. And I hope, uh, some of our listeners get a chance. Again, you can just email Susan at Susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com to take advantage of that. So, yeah, well, I, yeah, I also just want to remind everyone that we, we've really, really enjoyed hearing your feedback um, from these podcasts and how, how your month is going. And um, we love hearing from you on social media or via email. Um, thanks again for, for being in touch. We're so honored to be in this community with you all. Absolutely. Have a great month, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show today, please rate us on iTunes. Special thanks to Ms. Taunib, who says, I love the feminine spirit and human experience expressed in this podcast. It raises my spirit to hear these meaningful talks. I wish there were more to hear. I just can't get enough. Thank you so much. You can also get access to bonus offerings over at patreon.com slash moontentco. I want to give a special shout out today to Jimena Prudencio for being part of our Patreon community. We love you, Jimena. For as little as $1 a month or more, you too can get some great rewards and our deepest appreciation. Our theme music is Butterflies March by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time. <laughs>